Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. The Tortoise Shack has launched a brand new podcast, a limited series, six-part series called Lost in Implementation, hosted by Emma D'Souza, and it's covering the unfulfilled uh, aspects of the Good Friday Belfast Agreement. And it's out wherever you get your podcasts right now. So, so search for Lost in Implementation on your podcast app. If you're looking for our podcast on the reaction to the tweet uh, about the artwork posted by Ono Brin, it's in the Patreon feed right now, so you can skip ahead if you're a member. Also about this morning is my conversation from Unite the Union with Lucky Kambula and Mema Uluda. All of those are available right now on patreon.com forward slash tortoise alongside our entire back catalogue, all our podcasts in one consolidated feed. And entirely plea free. You don't have to listen to these plugs at the beginning. If you're not a member, please join us. It's the only way we keep the mics on and the conversations going. It's a few quid to you, but it's bills paid to us. We appreciate every single cent we get. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, liking, sharing, and telling people about us because we don't have ads or sponsors. We rely on word of mouth. So we really appreciate it. I won't delay any further. Enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and uh, we're back on a Friday morning with, uh, i hoping it's going to be a very interesting and perhaps eye-opening conversation. But before we go there, I do want to say thank you to uh, Andy O'Brien from the May Day Badge Appeal for a great evening yesterday evening at the launch of the badges in Unite the Union. I was fortunate to sit down with uh, Lucky Kambula and Mehmet Ulada, who you know from this podcast, to discuss uh, the rise of the far right and, and against the hate it was a great conversation with a really engaged audience and um, I, I have a recording of it so patrons I'm hoping to get out to you guys as soon as I can actually render it and there was also Brendan Ogle spoke with two of the individuals who were involved in a 23 month strike in Alabama miners who have been striking for 23 months and suffered through all sorts of violence including cars being aimed at people who were who were forming pickets and and the, and the rest and that and I also have the audio of that so once I get that it'll get it I'll get it out for you guys as quickly as I can um anyway Martin it's again this is insane four times this week we've had you up before 2 p.m. I know I know and you know those like o's in hours like o 900 but that's like oh my god it's <laughs> I, I should I should I have to caveat this he's not up He's lying in bed. Doing I'm not it, so. lying in bed. I'm lying on a couch. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, yeah, it was. It, we are delighted to be rejoined on the podcast for the first time in 2023. I almost said by Green Party TD, uh, um, <laughs> by TD Nessa Horrigan. Nessa, how are I'm you doing? Still Green Party TD. I'm still in the party. We'll we'll have that conversation in the morning. <laughs> I'm I'm delighted to see Martin, and uh, I I'm I'm honoured that you're lying on the couch just for me. Yes, yeah, I had to get out of bed, Nessa. You know yourself, stories would be told otherwise. <laughs> Nessa, before we get to the, the, the I suppose, the Ferrari over the last uh, the last week and a half, uh, can I ask you, just, just to give listeners an idea, there's, there's, particularly when it comes to sort of your background, like you're, you come from a political family, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, like, like political with a small P. My dad got into the local council when I suppose he would be in his 50s and serve for 20 years and down in Limerick. Hmm. So um, that would have been in the house from, let's say, the let's say when I was, I don't know, God, 10 or 12, let's say he would have started. And uh, you know what that looks like in terms of doing a leaflet. Mm. You know, we'd be dragged out to like drop leaflets or when we were kind of in our later teens yeah. and he was canvassing and things like that. So 
that was part of and when life. and when did you decide you were going to join the Green Party? Oh, jeekers, ages afterwards. Um, God, twenty twelve maybe. Mm. Um, so I was a lecturer in sustainable communities, and I was saying to my students because you know you're like I was lecturing in architecture. I was teaching architecture. And I was you were, saying, you were in Queens, weren't you? Yeah, I was in Queens for five years up in Belfast. And um, I was saying to students, look, you're responsible for, you know, being a good architect and being good about the climate and understanding sustainability and understanding all your responsibilities. And you have loads of responsibilities, but there are some stuff that happens at a different level of decision making and you're not responsible for that. And if you want to be part of that, you need to like vote or you need to get involved. And eventually, like, you kind of have to take your own advice. And because I took a step back from work, I had a child, my first child has a disability, and I took a step back from work for a while. I got really sucked into policy in the Green Party. So it was something I knew how to do. And there wasn't many people in the Green Party at the time. So I ended up, like, working a lot on the policy council, writing a lot of policy, and then, like, being chair. Um, And because I was home all the time with a disabled child, um, I it was like a good outlet, so yeah. so I ended up doing a lot of that, and you get sucked in really quick. Um, and so I suppose my like my route into the party was kind of through that policy thing, and I absolutely was using it as a way of kind of keeping myself engaged in the outside world. While you know, when you're a carer, it's like quite isolating. Yeah. Um, so it, that that's kind of how I got sucked in, and and then you see because I had had that when I was a kid in the house, I knew how, you know, I kind of knew the 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 machinery of how you you get into local politics. Why the Green Party? <laughs> God, we're really going back to brass tacks this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't entirely <laughs> uh, prepared for that. So, um, I guess look. There's a couple of things. One is I chose from a professional point of view to push my whole career towards environmental issues because I genuinely do think that not only is it like the the big the big challenge of our age, like it is the big question about like how we're going to deal with this huge inescapable challenge, but also to me um it's a, it's 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 like a tool as well because I personally think that the the kind of um, the the leviathans that we've built up in our society, like the way we run society, the big machinery that we use, is is fundamentally inequitable. And it seemed to me that the climate question and the remaking of stuff to answer that question, the remaking of like societal systems. Like that's the best way to do it is that like, you know, the capitalism and 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 I suppose the the models that we've adopted are hugely inequitable. They don't work for a huge amount of people, but to unpick them is almost going to be it's such a big project that I couldn't see other than the climate question. What's the other tool to seriously unpick them? Like in the 20th century, we tried to use workers rights to do that. And it, it hasn't been as efficacious as some of us would like. Mm-hmm. And to me, that issue of like, well, we're not going to survive unless we kind of unpick some of this stuff. To me, the climate the climate crisis is actually the answer to some of those questions. Um, and well, I, is, it the, is it the answer or is it the incentive? It's both. It's both. And and I think I'm I'm very much I always come to the climate question. You know, there's a kind of a technocratic version of of like this answer, which is 
we're going to, um, you know, come up with carbon capture. We're going to have a different version of nuclear energy that will actually work or you or that that's actually kind of digestible for communities or we're going to do that and, and there's a kind of a technocratic version of this where somehow the world um comes up with an answer that means that we don't have to change our lifestyles i personally don't buy that I think I think to answer the question, we're going to have to unpick a lot of the stuff that we put in place over the last, not just decades, but like last century. Um, I, I think I'm very much on the side of we have the answers, we know what we have to do, but the kind of the staticness in 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 the political discourse means that we just don't do it, and we're going to sleepwalk into um. Well, the, really, was... We have already sleep sleepwalked into you know kind of look. We have really been bad told situation. that the the, the horizon. Is is less than two elections away. The horizon on yeah. on is less than two elections away, so there is a, a sense of urgency. Yeah, does that sense of urgency exist in the Green Party? I think that if you look, this is obviously in the context of the last few weeks, and um, I have dissented from some of the the direction of the Green Party, but I think that they would say to you, the the rest of the Green Party, they would say to you that the reason they're doing what they do in the last few months and weeks and years is because that urgency uh, kind of is at a higher rank than anything else. Like they feel the urgency so much that they are are willing to accept, uh, you know, as that smaller party, things that they don't necessarily like and they don't agree with because that, that urgency is very real for them. I suppose the difference between that argument and my argument is that you cannot because of that idea that you know we almost have to remake the state we have to remake society you cannot divide issues like health and housing and all those things from the climate question it does but, it but, won't work well, and that's okay. where we I, that's where we differ i'll share i we look we can talk about that um i want to get to that in a minute but i do think it's it's important to point out so you've got a, you're deep, you're really qualified in in asset urbanism and architecture. You're you you've talked about as your pointed policy. out by Philip Ryan recently, in as, the as as unsuccessfully pointed out by Philip Ryan in the papers. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I you know it was it yeah it was a it was a bit of a lame uh, a lame shot. But nonetheless, um, the you've you've put over a decade into this party. You've now lost a whip for the third time. This time it's a fifteen month suspension. That's the sounding gun of the next general election. By the way. Yeah, uh, and that being the case, do you feel that this might be the end of you in the Green Party? Then, um, here's the thing. I suppose, like we've just discussed about the fact that, like, I I knew what politics looked like um, from a young age, and I am I, I have always been very clear that. And it's to the great annoyance of my my parents, by the way. My father's not actually speaking to me still. Um, but I, I was always very clear that um, to me, the the thing is not to be a TD. Like that's not the that's not the unifying force. That's not the driver here. So um, I wanted to do green politics, and like I I am kind of in an almost naive way, like a fully paid up member of that kind of global struggle like I'm very much in contact with like European Greens and Greens in other countries and about like that kind of more like international debate about like how we all do it and what you know what individual countries what their responsibilities are and so to me um, like 
I'm not sure. So I, I have had a lot of requests over the last week or two of like, well, why don't you, we're not requests, but like questions around mm. why, you know, why aren't you indoor? Why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? But see, the point is, I guess for me is, you know, the doll is not the, t- the thing. It, the green e- ethics and the green politics is the thing. But and she, I, she, I made that point to us years ago, about six years ago, she said, realistically, the green green party ambition should be to make their policies everybody else's. I totally agree with that. And that was when she, and she it was almost like the, the idea of that, like, we should we shouldn't be needed. OK, that was the yeah. kind of. I, and I, and I mean, there's no ownership. There shouldn't be. And I know in, in the doll this week that there was some kind of attempted ownership of, of green policies. And there's, that is that is a road to nowhere. Um, it should be in every every single party's makeup. It should be like kind of a fundamental tenets. Like we believe in equal rights. We believe in human rights. We believe in the green agenda. Like that's that's how it should work. I don't know. Does no, it work I'm like trying that? to think of a party I, that just I, falls into that category. Well, like, look, I mean, look, we know. Like we 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 would like to see the world through the uh, through that kind of eco-socialist prism and and, yeah. and 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 that would be certain but I would I want to come back again I'm sorry but you negotiated the program for government you were yeah. there at the at the table um trying to get these deals so in the last week you've you've heard you know that you that this is what we this is what you do you make the tough decisions in government yeah. uh the tough decisions Martin has I think quite rightly pointed out is is actually to stand up the capital and not uh, and not become not just stay as a handmaid in the capital but nonetheless you negotiate the program for government within that there are certain things that I see that 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 you know other parties are pointing to within the government saying we've achieved this and as the as the saying goes you know um success is loads of fathers and failure is an orphan mm-hmm. okay um within the, from your perspective as someone who negotiated hard with the likes yep. of Pascal Donahue and Simon Coveney and these people to try and get green po- policies into the program for government how do you feel you guys have done over the last two and a half years well that's a really good question I guess on a, a party level, I think there is a ton of things that we can point to that were achievements and will be achievements like in the next few years. Like I, I know it's boring, but and I know emissions are going up, but like the emission ceiling targets and that threading through budgets of all of that stuff, like that will have impacts. And, and, I, and I think they should be proud of that. The, 20, I, the 2030, 2050 ones. Well, look, they can be more, they could be more ambitious, but would they be there without us? I, well, I, I okay. don't think they would. Let me just finish. Let me just yeah. finish. On a personal level, there's things that I, I can hopefully at the end of this government look back on and say that wouldn't have happened only like I pushed, I pushed, I pushed. And I, there's some of them I don't want to list out because they haven't actually happened yet, but I'm fairly sure they were, will happen. Um, but like ultimately, I voted against that. I know, I know, I know I negotiated it. And and I, I I can't remember actually if you guys um, followed the the debate in the party on the day that we voted, I, but I, I, I made I made a speech during that debate, and the speech was in a nutshell this: there's loads of good things in this program for government. There's loads of things that if we get achieve it, we could be proud of, but this program for government is not strong enough on housing, and we will regret that. And that's why I'm going to vote against the program for government, even though I negotiated it. And I am really struggling right now. I have to say, I told you so, but 
I but told you so. <laughs> you were. Martin, can I just make one yeah. point? If you had, a, and I often make the joke, but if you could go back in time and change one thing from history, why would it be allowing Mark Ruffalo to join that Zoom and just punching him in the face and telling him yeah. to stop? I mean, if ever there was an example of uh, why people, you know, who haven't maybe done their homework shouldn't get involved in conversations, that's a really good one. And also, I just point out that Mark Ruffalo's interest was around fracking. Mm -hmm. And I have a bill on LNG that has not been adopted. Um, And so, you know, in a way, we haven't seen fracking happen yet or we haven't seen the introduction of LNG, um, like large scale um, construction of terminals but in terms of what he wanted to happen what he wanted to see that didn't happen either like there's no actual legislative protections in place for what Mark Ruffalo wanted so for all his meddling uh, you know he, 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 we've managed to just kind of stave off something not not legislate for it Nessa you were sent to I won't say you were sent to you were put into negotiations because you're a tough cookie well, no, actually, they, they, they couldn't um, exclude me from negotiations because I was the whip at the time. There was an attempt to ex- to not have me there. Was there an attempt to have you not there? Yeah. But I, I, I would just say that that was ill-advised because okay. I, I wrote most manifestos. So there was also there was also an attempt. I remember when Hazel was what Jew was 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 uh, party whip to to remove her because she wanted to seek a, a, a Shannon nomination. Mm-hmm. And and that's in the public domain and known about as well. So you know we we may we may touch on that, Martin. But sorry, but, Martin, go ahead. But in honesty, Nessa, there isn't a party out there where you wouldn't fit. Maybe Fine Gael, but on the left. Oh, my dad somewhere is not. Oh no! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on. <laughs> do you do you still take the Green Party as a left party, Nessa and Martin? I'm asking both. No, no, I I've, I haven't thought it since they went into coalition with Fine Gael and Fine Gael. And even before that, I was sceptical, but I wanted to believe vote left, transfer left. I wanted to believe that it could happen. I wanted to believe that the numbers could be there. And the numbers were almost there. And and I do think it was a very great misstep, a misstep that Labour had done before them. I think they've just done followed the exact same gameplay and lost all credibility with the public in doing so. In that, Nessa, you get wrapped up in that. Yeah. And in that people have lost faith in you. And it this even particularly the vote this week where you voted confidence in the government, I see you getting a huge amount of flack yeah. for that decision. And, and absolutely, is it worth it, Nessa, for the it's, Green Party who aren't fulfilling what they set out to do in the first place? Yeah, there, well, OK, there's a few bits to unpack in that. I suppose, is it worth it? I mean, that depends on like, what you mean? Is it worth it for my own personal kind no, of satisfaction? I mean, from your professional point of view, as a professional <laughs> environmentalist, and we'll call you a professional environmentalist, you see the urgency. Yeah. Okay. Is the, Have you transferred any of that through to the party? Because it doesn't appear so in what they're doing. I think that if you look at the actual policies of the Green Party, they are fairly unashamedly left, but how the parliamentary party operate and who got returned into the parliamentary party. And I know like that's, you could have this conversation about lots of different parties, but you know, who you put on the ballot and who actually gets returned is almost like an art form in itself. 
Um, and the way the parliamentary party operate and make decisions doesn't necessarily def- reflect the policies. And I would just point out that I have never voted against party policy, never once. Um, in, well, the, in, the party voted against its own policy recently. It did, exactly right. So um, I, I think that if you just looked at the paper in terms of like what, what the members vote for, they are a left party, but they don't, uh, like Labour before them, when you get into coalition then, they don't, we don't seem to have been able to find a sweet spot with with coalitions where leftier parties, which is basically anything that's not going to get a free fall, um, can can kind of um, f- find a place where they can validate their own policies and also work in a coalition. And I think the reason is because our hugely constrained, and I don't want to get into a big massive discussion about coalitions, whips and coalitions and everything but like unlike every other coalition based democracy in the EU we have this really weird version of the whip system which actually isn't really working anymore and if you look at let's say this coalition they have lost my vote for giving them a majority of only one now for 15 months in a way that's more that's more of a problem for them than it is for me um because now their their majority is really 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 thin over a vote which wasn't binding, like they've they've it's a rod for the coalition's back more than it is really for my back. Um, and you'd kind of have to wonder, well, why are they holding on to the whip system in that way? And if we had a not a three line whip, but a more negotiated whip on certain votes, um, then you would probably see um, minority parties do better in coalitions. So that's one issue. The second issue, I guess, is around um, the vote for confidence of government. And there's loads of minor and major concerns there that informed my vote. Um, And the reason, obviously, I guess, like the reason you saw, let's say, Sinn Féin didn't put forward that vote is because the thinking was to keep it all on the... My dog, sorry. Okay. Uh, the 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 reason was to keep it all on the focus of the eviction ban, and and I, in fairness to Labour, I think if they could have, they would have done a motion of no confidence in the housing minister. But because we did one really recently, you have to give it six months. You can't yeah. table another one. So I, I, there's loads of ma- major and minor reasons, but the major reason for me in that vote was I'm sorry now I'm still a member of the Green Party. And it was a vote on the government, it, which includes my colleagues. So I, I, w- I am not going to say I don't have confidence in Roderick or I don't ca- have confidence in Catherine. That's, that's just A, not going to happen. And B, I thought the more strategic thing was what Sinn Féin did, which was actually kind of clever that they took a, com- a full copy of the government's original legislation and just changed the date. So there was absolutely no way that the government could object to anything in the bill all they could object to was the debate or the the date. And I think that the vote of confidence in the government overshadowed that. I think in the next few months, we all have to focus on the impacts of the eviction ban. Um, And I'm already like, I spent this week, like going through like notices of to quit with people and their contracts and their rental agreements and all that kind of stuff. Um, This brings me to another important point then, because when you're, you're having those conversations, when, Ono Brin is in Clondalk and having those conversations. When many people are having those conversations, the Green Party are seen as aloof and classist. And there's mm-hmm. a class and 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 this is very much a communications issue as well. Because I don't I don't think it is a communications issue, actually. No, no, I'm not saying it I, I'm saying it's, it's <laughs> as well. 
as well. I think there's I think there's two things going on at the same time. There's very poor and very ill-timed correspondence. Like when things are coming out and you have, you know, uh, incidences within the party where, you know, there's there's allegations of, of bullying, there's allegations of misogyny, there's allegations, and then there's, you're told there's nothing to see here. Then you see that the, there's, you know... And then the, you see it on Twitter. Yes. And then, and you know, people calling people snakes. And, and, and you, you referenced uh, the, the, how proud as punch a certain uh, TD was today, waving his finger kind of towards Holly Cairns in a, you know, in a, in a kind of ugly way, in my, in my opinion. There, there is definitely a class blind spot. And I think it's really, it's really poor that they talk. There's too much talking at people and not to them. I mean, I think that's correct insofar as that goes to the very heart of the idea of the just transition, that it's from the ground up and not from the top down. And um, look, I suppose I live not too far from from you uh, in a a working class community and my kids go to school with kids who are living in hostels and and hotels and and B&Bs. And I have it on my doorstep every day and I see it. And... um, I do think that... Sorry, but then your leader said, go buy the house, is one of his things. He said, this morning on Morning Ireland, he more or less said, sure, the tenant can just has the, has the right to buy. If you were paying... Who can afford to buy this property when you when you don't have any money to pay the bloody rent? It's crazy. I, I Listen, I, I, I do think that there's a, a real lack of understanding of what it looks like on the ground. And I said that in the run-up to the to that decision and I said that during that decision and I said that when I voted against the government that there's a failure to understand here what this looks like in places like Dublin 1 and Dublin 7 because this looks like children having to move schools this looks like you know um, hundreds of young men like living on the street honestly hundreds um, and I, I can't really refute the idea that it's classist because um you know, if you look at the constituencies that are being returned with representatives from the Greens, then I don't think that that it doesn't hit in the same way that it hits in my constituency. And I have to represent those people. It's I guess it's like that old thing of is this party over country. And if I have to choose between my constituents and my party, I'm probably going to side with my constituents on this because it's kind of life and death for a lot of people. Okay, okay, I get that. But do not think you're there, Nessa. Do not think you're there right now. Do not think that's the position. Yeah, and this is my criticism. My criticism is that you, you, you do stand up within the Greens for a proper Green agenda, for to move stuff along. You negotiated the program for government. On the back of that, you couldn't recommend it, and you couldn't recommend it at that point. The Greens went into government on the understanding that every three months they would review the situation, and if it wasn't going the way they thought it should go, they'd pull the plug. That's what Catherine Martin told us. I have, I have never been party to a three-month... I don't think that's ever happened, but okay. But that this is what they said, is that every three months they were carrying out a review. Now, all of that went out the window as soon as power was gone. You live in a constituency where people are hugely affected. And however about alienating the north side of Dublin or the not leafy suburbs of South County Dublin, they've, the Green Party has completely alienated everybody outside of the pale. I mean, whatever the problems within Dublin are, outside of the pale, they're worse. 
across Europe, we see there are different kinds of green parties. There are left-wing green parties. There are right-wing green parties. Is it not just time to accept that what you are in is a right-wing green party that will push a green agenda to re-green or refix the environment, but off the backs of the poorest people in this country, and not just in this country, they're right-wing green. It's around the world. The poor will suffer for right-wing green policies. Why are you still there, Nessa? I suppose it's like the question is, do I think that it's worth changing it? Like, is it a, a walk-away situation or do you attempt to move it? And as you said, there's a version of this that's better. Like, if you go up to the north and meet the Greens up there, they are incredible. Um, they are like... It, but, and I do talk to them, but then they're quite critical of... Uh, yeah, they are. Direction. They are, yeah. And they'd actually say, don't tire us with that brush, they say to me all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, listen. But all, what I'm saying is that there's a version of Green that is is much more progressive, much more rooted in, in kind of the just transition, workers' rights, um, a, a, like a recognition of, you know, the impacts of deprivation and poverty and, and how in the remaking of what, what I've described as the kind of unpicking of some of the way we, we run society right now and remaking it, that has to be done from a, you know, from that perspective. Um, and so I guess the question is not, are we in a right wing space now? Because in coalition with Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, I don't think you could argue we're not. The question is, is it worth staying and trying to move it to a different place? Because I would argue that notwithstanding the fact that we have some excellent other parties in in Ireland, um, that having a Green Party is almost like having like a union or it's, you know, it's like, I would see it as kind of fundamental. You have to have a Green Party in, in the political space right now that that is focused almost completely on this issue. Um, and I'm not willing to give up the uh, the direction of that party to something that I think is the wrong direction. Okay. And okay. the re and the re wait wait I just want to say one last thing. The reason I'm not giving it up uh, is not just about the domestic outlook. Um, you know, the Green Party comes along with all of those networks and um, relationships to other Green Parties around the world. And I think that that fabric is really, really valuable. And so why should I step away and give up? Now, I know this makes me a contrary, difficult person, but why should I give up um, that space to a direction that I think is incorrect? Because the things that you even argued for in the programme for government that the Greens are now saying have been delivered are quite often piecemeal are quite often not as what what they've they've set out to do i mean we if i hear one more time about this this the fantastic success that cost rental is when you've delivered 400 units and it's and dara o'brien calls it a hybrid uh if i hear one more time about you know and again initiatives towards um uh, people fleeing domestic violence and then they are and then people come in and say well actually you're not, you're making it difficult because you're not paying people their salary and it makes it difficult when they're in a coercive control situation. Why are we doing this piecemeal? Again, we go to the mother and baby home redress scheme and we talk about 40% of people excluded. For what? For 800 million? It's peanuts. Give the people the money. Give the people the money that they're due. Irish people want to do that. And again, more importantly, climate legislation 
really, really strong, as you said, world leading, keep saying it all the time, world leading climate act is coming to, coming into force sometime down there, which doesn't even tell you what you said, what was said when the people said you have to go into power. I think it was Professor Sweeney said we need a minimum of 7% per year now, starting... starting 7.6. Yep. And, and then we'll turn around and say, well, we're not starting until maybe the term of the next government, who, I hate to say it, might bloody unpick the thing anyway. Yep. So so that would be, so so why stay when I've just listed off a few of those things there? And that's before we talk housing. You know, I, I, I'm going to throw you a crumb. Some of the things that have happened on, on public transport and active travel and all in urban areas, they are good. There's absolutely no doubt. Like, I don't mind when people talk about the war on cars. I've seen the difference it's made in Paris. It's 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 changed the city centre. It's changed the city centre in many ways. I don't mind that. But little things like that do not put into perspective, like... It's hard to care about my carbon emissions if I'm worried about a notice to quit. And and I've listed off, as I said, domestic violence, childcare provision, again, inadequate, still got market forces, direct provision. Oh my God, I forgot about direct provision. We've gone from a white paper to end, ending direct provision to saying, shall we, cha- shall we charge people indirect provision who have nowhere to go? Shall we charge them a nominal rent? And, we, and then the other thing in it, even in the white paper itself, and I spoke to Lucky Campbell about it last night, Six reception centres were supposed to break ground on this year. Nothing's happened, Nessa. Nothing's happened. Well, okay. We can go back, I suppose, to why why you're there in a second, but I want to come back to some of those issues. First of all, on direct provision, I mean, like we're in a different space now. I, 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 I am as critical of the direct provision as anybody, but unless we are going to magic up 15,000 own door homes in the next few months, like, I'm not sure where they're meant to put people other than a version, uh, like a kind of a, a, another tier of, of direct provision. Let's go after Let's go after vacancy then. Let's go after it really. Yeah, well, let's I mean, let's go after it seriously. Let's do, Whoa. let's get, let's give Roddick the, the, the power to go to the Department of Housing ah, and say. Well, n- now you're, see, now you're at the real nub of the issue, yeah. which is not Roderick. It's uh, the support of the Department of Housing. Lorcan Sir comes on this podcast all the time and says, take it off, Roderick, and throw it on the Department of Housing. Oh, is it not the lack of support from Edmund Ryan for Roderick? Yeah. Whereas you said yourself, is our Green Party values represented in that room when they decided on the uh, the temporary moratorium on no-fault evictions, when they just made that call to lift that that moratorium? Where... Wait, but where are, where are Green Party values? I, I'm, not, I'm not in the room when those decisions are made. So I don't know what the conversation is between Roderick and Eamon. Um, but I think that the there's a huge gulf between Roderick's department and the Department of Housing. And I also think it was a massive mistake. And I know Joe Bryan, in fairness to Joe, Joe, Joe's a brilliant person and really, really serious. But he now has three departments that he has to kind of run between. They should have given a, a a ministry just for the the immigration issue and, and and for the housing issue as it relates to that. That was that was a mistake. I guess the point, though, to come back to the I guess the original question is why am I still there? I, I like what's the alternative? This is what I want to come. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. So, now I so, said that. So, so we've that gone, like you know. <laughs> no, we've gone from bad cop to worse cop. <laughs> You had colleagues coming up to the last election who energised, vitalised a, a, a Green Party that, let's face it, has the reputation of an Irish Times letting letter writing 
organization. That's what, what it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Tories on As my 10-year-old would say, get roasted. Yeah. Tories on bikes. Fine Gael on bikes. That's what you call. That's, that was before an election. But then you got the likes of Sorsha. And you got people into that party. And we interviewed these people and they were excellent. Utterly, mm-hmm. utterly excellent people. They're still excellent. They are, and, and if you were to have a proper Green Party, these are the people you want on your front line. Intelligent, well able to talk, well able to explain their position and why it's so important and so urgent. They're all gone. Mm-hmm. Walked, pushed, harassed, whatever way it is, they're all gone out the door. And they want you out the door. And they're doing everything. To where, though, Martin? To oh, where? Okay. It's sitting there. It's just not organized. It's the Green Party in exile. It's sitting there. No, no, I, I get that. Organized. But, Martin, if everybody leaves and stands outside the system, when that, uh, I guess, you are then vacating the space and giving the brand, the networks, the community, you know, the 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 You're given right wing Green Party, it's right wing networks. I mean, a left wing Green Party. Uh, see, that's I think that's fundamentally no, no, that's fundamentally where where we disagree. I, I would view it that there is a kind of a a base there of recognition. Now you you'll say it's it's a negative recognition, but there's a kind of a a brand. There's um, a, an international network of parties. There's a, a party in Europe that I don't see that you can take over if you vacate the space. So, so in another era, when when if people decide that they want to come back into that space, if every single person leaves, then you you've just kind of given permission to that writer wing to take everything. But and, they have, and, though, in, in reality and in practicality. Not, the, not in the public discourse they haven't, though, because I think we're all still arguing about what they should be and what uh, whether they're left and whether they're right. So that means they well, I don't think got over. Argue, I don't think that... Well, we're here arguing. Is, well, I don't think the public is arguing anymore whether the Green Party is left. There's huge, there's huge frustration. There's huge frustration. In, in public discourse around the way the Greens operate in government. Yeah. Whether you're from like a rural background and you don't like that aspect of it or whether you're in a working class background and you don't understand why they're accepting this eviction ban thing. The fact that that discourse is there means that there's, a, there's an expectation that they would operate differently. If every single person who thinks they should operate differently leaves the room, then we'll never get that space back. Oh, yeah. That space but, but, is I, gone. I, I, that I, I, network I, I, is gone. I, I, that I, I, is gone. I, I, I'm going to come in and say, I understand what you mean about having the actual global connections because it's a global crisis. I will say the party's filled with far too many people who are concerned about bollards on, on <laughs> in Temple Bar than it is about actual people receiving eviction notices. It absolutely is. There's far too much of this you know, great news. I've managed to remove this um, this stop sign because there was already one there. Lads, stop. Okay, you're embarrassed. The only thing you need to do is stop doing that. Um, and there's far too much of that. Uh, and there is also an, a, a culture issue within the Greens. We've It's in the public domain. And Martin referenced it. Some of the best people we've known are gone. 
and they will talk openly about their own experiences. So it's 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 not uh, that's feels like I'm picking. I am picking on the Greens today because you're here, but there's, mm. there's also a culture of bullying in in many political parties Absolutely. and many organisations. I don't where, think anyone is is no, no. But but I will say. I, by the way, I'm not unaware because I'm often the target of of that kind of stuff. I just so it's not that I don't know or accept that that's happening. Yeah, I I will say Nessa I, and. I, I listen to to what you're saying, and I, this is going to sound mean. It's, okay. It reminds me kind of Joanna Tuffy trying to rationalise oh why why Labour stayed in government. Well, I'm not trying to rationalise why Labour stayed in government, but rationalise why the Greens are staying in government. I mean, I have voted against the the eviction ban. I'm very clear about what they should be doing. Um, and notwithstanding the the vote of confidence, which was never going to go anywhere, I mean, like it was the wrong time for it. I, I, I what I'm saying is that if everybody leaves the room, there's nobody left to turn the light back on. What the lights are off for a lot of people from me. No, 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 Martin, that's not fair. A lot of those lights now have been replaced, and the light at the end of the tunnel, unfortunately, is a train coming towards us. <laughs> there's a lot of people. I think, I think we're. The lights are off. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, and I'm listen. I spend most of I spend most of my week dealing with with people's contracts. Oh well, and, and also their... people within the Green Party, other TDs. I mean, are they immune from this in South County Dublin? You're going to get it where you live, but are they immune from it in South County Dublin? Do they not have people rocking up and saying, "I'm going to be homeless"? I think they don't actually. I think that um, if you were somebody in that situation, you would probably go to a different party if you needed help. And I think that they probably don't have. So what they'll get is if you don't want to say, what they'll get is the the anger of the public discourse, right? But I think what they don't get is the person, the very nice, like I was talking to somebody yesterday who is, um, both of them are, 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 are people in their 40s and they're both disabled or they both have health issues and they have a notice to quit from last summer and they're, that comes to fruition in the next few weeks. What they don't get is that kind of sitting down with somebody and going through it and like, okay, what can we do? They get the anger, but they won't necessarily get the insight of like what this looks like to a person on the ground, like an individual. And I think that's maybe where the failure to understand the ramifications of it is and how much of a kind of a breach of trust it is with communities um, to forge ahead. And like just, and I know I've said this in, in like the press or whatever, but it's not that you could you could have an eviction ban forever and ever and ever. That was never my position. It's that you cannot make decisions like this in a in the middle of a crisis with absolutely no plan. And and my concern was always that the three leaders and I don't think this stuff even happens at cabinet anymore. I think most of these decisions happen in the leaders' room with three the three leaders, and the they make decisions. Yeah, and they come into the cabinet and go, "Here's what we're going to do, lads," and everybody says, "Okay." And uh, they had no plan and they didn't think about it and they just decided this is what we're going to do. And they didn't really consider, well, you know, what does that mean? Or like, can we give people a lead in or it's the lack of thought, the lack of forethought, the lack of evidence based decision making. You you can't. And, and, and we've seen that before, but you often see that in terms of things like. Oh, like, we're, you know, we're going to do the budget this way or we're going to do this or that. Or the other this is like literally people's lives and I suppose when you don't have that insight on a kind of a very human level maybe it just doesn't ring true to you or you don't you don't really sit at the table thinking that but I, I definitely think 
like we're seeing an era, which is new, I think it's new, that you have the three leaders go into a room, decide huge big things with, it seems to me, very little or certainly bad advice, not great advice, and then come out to cabinet and say, well, this is what we're doing. And, and there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of debate at cabinet that can sway those decisions. Nessa, I think you've given the best explanation of why you've run our road in the Green Party. I think you've just given the best explanation. You're... Of why you've run, and I'd like to say thanks. I feel like you're about to like write my resignation letter for me. No, no, no. Thanks. It's in the chat. I've put it in the chat. Thanks. Thanks for coming on and have the conversation. There, as you know, Tony and I are terribly fond of you. We think you're a very good person, and we think you, we we think that uh, that's a wrong, small pool of people right now. You're very in the wrong party. Tiny you're pool of people. Party. You're a very good. You're a very good environmentalist. You've you're concerned as you've said you've, you listen and you're listening to people and you're trying to help people who are affected but the party you're in is working against you and it's working against you and the, the government you're in and the coalition you're in is working against you so I don't know I, I, for me I would have just said right it's time it's time to leave them there I give them credibility they don't deserve we, we're going to leave it there folks I will say one I thing I don't have anything to say to that uh, it comes up that's why comes, we have to leave it there because I, I, I'm going to have to take that away and think about that it, it comes up too often but I do want to say on the idea that we can't have a permanent eviction ban we absolutely can have protections for a permanent no fault eviction yes that is, yeah and I want to be very clear on that and then the other thing I'll say on this the idea of the three leaders the tri- tri- triumvirate um, the first one was, was Caesar, Pompey and Crassus and they were it was literally pick your monster so uh, that's a, it's a nice echo it's a nice echo from the past uh, we'll leave it there folks as I said we'll have the other stuff for you out on my conversation with Lucky and Mehmet and Brendan with the miners from Alabama so so that'll all be in your feed soon thanks for listening thanks Nessa again and Martin it was good to see you uh, you, I, you almost sat up there for a moment free noon free yeah. noon talk to you soon folks take care bye bye Tony and Martin Martin and Tony speaking to interesting people only it's the Subscribe now on Patreon.